4: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Michelle Miao, your host. Our producer, Fong, is in studio. Hello. How's it going, Fong? It's going pretty good. <laughs> Fong's always doing well. Well, uh, you know, from time to time here, I mean, I, I, we go through everything. That's why this show is called uh, Your A Through Z, covering the LGBT, LMNOP, and everyone in between show. So sometimes we'll do politics and serious issues and uh you know things like that and cover people in the lgbtq community and sometimes we talk about sex <laughs> why not yeah why not That sounds do you, good do you, do you do you like to read erotica once in a while if i can find time and then when i'm alone in my own room because you know it's kind of weird when other people are there you're like mm, give really? me some space <laughs> <laughs> i think it's actually fun to read erotica with other people um around i think it depends who though (laughs) it depends i like to push the uh envelope i like to go to like a cafe uh, sit in the middle you know with the (laughs) and then you giggle and then everyone looks at you like what the heck is wrong (laughs) then there's the cover of the book that i'm currently reading titled best women's erotica of the year volume one (laughs) well i you know it definitely piques people's interest and Mm -hmm. uh And then the ones who are super prudish are the ones that I think need the book the most. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about sex openly is, I think, a good thing. I think the more you talk about it, the more comfortable we become, Mm -hmm. the less secrets, uh, you know, there are and the less uh, shame Mm -hmm. um, that we may feel uh, about it all. So, you know, I think we'll... We'll include that on the show is to Mm -hmm. just speak openly about sex. Let's get today's show started. Today's program is brought to you by Pacific Fertility Center. When life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. Our guest today is Rachel Kramer-Bussell, who's an erotica editor. And her titles include Come Again, He's on Top, She's on Top, and Do Not Disturb. Uh, she's been featured in Fifty Shades of Grey, the magazine, and also on NPR's To the Best of Our Knowledge, and is an expert on submission. <laughs> Rachel, welcome to the program. Thank you. So, Rachel, your new book, uh, Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 1, uh, You know, thank you for, for putting this anthology together.
3: Oh, well, thank you. I, I <laughs> admire you for reading it in public. Even I don't usually read erotic in public, and if I do, it's usually on my Kindle.
4: Ah, that's right. People have those things but these sometimes days. Sometimes I do. But I think,
3: <laughs> I think if you do, you have to be prepared for people to start a conversation. And, you know, sometimes those are great conversations, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes, you know, it can be a little awkward. But I did once have a really great airplane conversation with someone who is... Uh, like we were flying from London to New York, and we got into a really fascinating conversation. He was in his seventies, and he was asking me if there's erotica about people in his age group and it It was actually a really respectful conversation
4: that's awesome that's all and and you know to be honest, that pretty much is my experience uh i you know when you have adults together it it it's not always a bad conversation or a a vulgar one, although, you know, sure, it could get that way, especially at a, at a cafe in the Castro with a bunch of gay men, but, but, (laughs) um, but let's talk about, you know, the best uh, women's erotic of the year. This is volume one. And uh, tell us about, you know, this collection. Uh, I mean, what, what makes it, you know, the best of them all?
3: Well, I do want to say, I mean, yes, best is in the title, and it's volume one. But this series has actually been going on um, since I think 2000. They used to call it like Best Women's Erotica, um, 2014, 2015. So um, they've just rebranded it. This is the first one I've edited, um, and you know, best. I feel like these are the best stories that I found that all work together. You know, and I totally believe in their quality, but I I also feel like, you know, that's still a subjective term. I mean, someone, if someone else was picking stories, they might've picked totally different ones. Um, but what I really tried to do was make these stories varied, um, in terms of all sorts of things. So there's a historical story set, um, in Gilded Age New York, and there's a futuristic story about a world where sex toys are banned. Um, and there's just, a a lot of different variety. There's single women, there's couples, there's, um, several stories of three people, sometimes more than three people. (laughs) Um, and I wanted it to be something where, you know, people wouldn't get bored. Um, and also something that anyone could pick up, whether you've read erotica before or not. I don't want people to feel intimidated. Like I'm not going to know what that means. Um, I mean, there might be something in this that you've never heard of, but I don't think that's a bad thing. But it's not, like, super advanced in terms of the sex acts necessarily. And and I think because they're short stories, you know, you don't need to know anything in advance. You can just pick one up, and even if you only have a few minutes to read, you can jump right in and, you know, skip around. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one thing I love about anthologies is I get to hear which ones people – really liked. And I mean, often there's some some someone's favorite might be one that someone else hated, but then usually there's a couple that uh, reviewers will tell me, oh, that one really stood out for me. Um, and sometimes, you know, the ones that stood out for me, I mean, they all stood out for me, but, you know, the ones that I found the most unusual, some people might say, oh, like that one, eh, I didn't, I didn't love that one, but I love this one. Mm-hmm. So I think having that variety is something that important to me and that's something I'm, I'm right now I'm editing the second volume if any of you are uh, women writers want to submit um, and so like I'm for the second volume you know I want to make it different from the first volume as well
4: got it got it we'll definitely put out your contact information for those out there who would like to submit you actually submitted um, a story yourself uh, flying solo in this uh, yeah. first volume um, do you, do you want to talk about your submission
3: yeah, I mean, I will say um my story is in the second person and that is a little bit of a tricky uh way of writing for me, but that's another aspect of the variety that I think is important. And um my character is one of several women in the book who are who either identify as bisexual. I mean, she says that she's bisexual, but there is there's a fair number of couples bisexual women in here. Um and it's about a woman who is traveling, flying solo by herself, um, but her and her husband have a pact that when they travel together, they'll pick up someone else for a threesome. And in this case, she's on her own. So she kind of has to substitute that. And uh, I, I, I think that I have a writing style that, I mean, I, I've written all sorts of different kinds of erotica, but I, I kind of like stories where they seem like maybe they could have happened. Mm -hmm. You know, or the characters are ones that people can relate to whether or not, you know, whether or not they're in an open marriage. Um, But, you know, that the fantasies seem somewhat realistic,
4: Mm -hmm. but also hot. I, I wanted to ask, I mean, you know, I think that uh, those who do enjoy reading erotica, probably, I mean, I, I, I read it for the fact that I get to explore the fantasies and the, my own perception. I get to, you know, it it's all plays out in my own head versus that you you know, if you're enjoying porn or something like that, the visual is there for you to receive immediately. Um, is there a difference? I mean, do do erotica readers or people who enjoy that, do they tend to choose one over the other?
3: You mean watching or reading? Um, right. You know, I, I think to some degree, people who are more readers might gravitate towards that. But I think there's plenty of people who do both. And it's, it's a kind of different experience. I mean, for me i don't watch as much mm-hmm. but when i do like it's instantaneous like either i'm immediately turned on or i'm like oh i don't want to watch this i want to watch something else and i feel like with reading sometimes it takes you a little longer to you know get into it like there's there might be more of a plot but also there might be more just to consider like you might go back and reread a sentence whereas You know, you're probably not necessarily, you might be rewinding and watching Mm. over and over, but, but I, and I think also, um, the stories in here, I mean, I hope that there are ones that you can appreciate, you know, on multiple levels, like wanting to either get off or just, you know, find out what happens next, but also ones that maybe you reread because to me, the erotica that I read when I was first getting into it, which was like 15, 18 years ago. I still have those books and I still reread those stories and novels and I'm like, Oh, it's both as good as I remember, but there's different elements. I think that the more you read some of these like different elements will stand out. And that, that part, like the rereading or um, I think that's sort of appreciated on a more maybe intellectual level than getting turned on. But I, and and. And I think that these work, I mean, obviously they're erotica, so they're intended to arouse. And, you know, I can't guarantee that everyone who reads them is going to get aroused, but hopefully some of them or all of them will arouse you. But I also think they work as stories. I think these are characters that readers of whatever gender can relate to, Mm -hmm. you know, will want to find out, Okay, why is she doing that? You know, what would I do that? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're intriguing um, plot lines. You know, there's a woman in Tabitha Raine's Enter Me who's lost her hearing. And the story is really about how losing her hearing has impacted her sex life. And that's something I never really thought about in that way before.
4: Right. Right. I mean, especially the first the first one you read is about, you know, the about the, the couple being loud and, and it's, you know, liberating. And, and to listen to that in the Okay, I'm just going to trip myself up because (laughs) (laughs) it just it's it sounds better when you read it. So, I mean, the point of all this is, you know, if you're into erotica, you should definitely pick up a copy of the best women's erotica of the year. Volume one edited by Rachel Kramer Bussell, who is our guest today. Rachel, I mean, it's I know it's titled the best women's erotica, but I I can't help but ask that very uh, basic question. People probably always ask you, do you have a favorite?
3: I sort of have a favorite. Like, I mean, it's so hard because, you know, obviously I put them all in the book, so I, I like them all. There's, you know, and I feel like, okay, if you're into spanking, like I would say skip right ahead to Restitution by Rhea Restrepo because that's a really great spanking story with a little twist and a little voyeurism.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and one thing I look for, because I've been reading erotica for so long and editing it, you know, I've read, I don't know, thousands of erotica stories. So you might think, oh, well, like, everything that you could say i've already seen but no i i think it's about how you present it but there is one story in here that just surprised me and i did a reading last week with with the author and hearing her read it added even more layers of surprise i was like "Ooh, it sounds so different when you read it out loud um And that one is Waiting to Pee by Amy Butcher. And I would say that's also probably the edgiest one in the book. I mean, there's kinky stories in the book. There's BDSM. There's a variety of sexualities um, and sex acts. But this one, which does involve peeing, um, Hmm. is surprising on a lot of levels. I mean, it's about a woman having an encounter that, you know in the story it becomes erotic but if i tried to describe it to you it it might not sound erotic if i just summarize what happens um and i think that's to me really what makes erotica such a wonderful medium because someone can use their words to just build up this incredible level of tension and describe something that in this case you know the narrator probably wouldn't have thought oh, that would turn me on. But in the moment, it does turn her on. And those are the kind of, like, revelations that characters or or real people can have about their sexuality that are the ones that I like to read about. You know, you might think, okay, this is my fetish, or this is the kind of person I'm attracted to, or this is where I like to have sex, or how I like to have sex, or whatever. And someone or something can come along and just, you know, shake up what you think you know about yourself. Mm-hmm. And those are the kinds of stories that that I appreciate as, as a reader and just as a person because that story gave me a lot to think about in terms of, you know, how people get turned on and why we get turned on and, you know, what we would let a stranger do to us, uh, you know, that is a little bit shocking, I think. <laughs> um, and and this, she has a really wonderful sense of humor in the story um th- and there there's a, there's humor throughout the book um but it can be challenging to write something that's both humorous and sexy i think sometimes people veer too much towards the humor which is not a bad thing necessarily but if you want it to be erotic um you know you, you want to also maintain the you know, sexy factor. And, and this story has both and it has moments of discomfort. I mean, it's a it's a kind of, in some ways, awkward story, um, but it it totally works. And so that one, I think, is, is my favorite um, in terms of the most surprising, I would say.
4: Wonderful. You mentioned reading and uh, we're going to take a quick break right here. But when we come back, I'd love to see if you'd like to read a little bit for us from sure. your... Your anthology okay great we'll take a quick break right here but when we come back you don't want to go away we are going to have rachel read a little bit of erotica right here on the michelle meow show
0: And now back to the Michelle Meow Show.
4: Welcome back! Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Michelle Meow, your host. Our guest today is Rachel Kramer Bussell, who has an anthology uh, out titled "Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume One." And uh, as promised, we're going to do a little bit of reading, <laughs> right, Rachel?
3: Yeah. Um, I am going to read a little bit of "Lighting the Pyre" by Theta Hudson. Um, what I think you need to know is that the uh, the protagonist uh, is she's um, survived cancer and she has gotten a tattoo and now she's with her partner and they are outside. Um, and I, I think that's all you need to know up to this point. Okay. <laughs> uh, so this is from "Lighting the Pyre" by Theta Hudson. Taking two strides, I push her against a tree and kiss her hard. She gives it back, pressing her tongue into my mouth and moaning against my teeth. She tastes of chocolate cake and wine, and the coals between my legs heat up, sending flickers of heat throughout my belly. I feel loose and liquid and welcome them like old friends to a party. She tries to press her breasts against me, but I lean back, no pressure on the new ink. Instead, I pull her shirt up, and the cups of her bra down. She loves the naughty wantonness of being exposed like this. It's not as exciting as doing it during the day where we might be seen by some random hiker, but still, it's outside. My hands fit around her waist perfectly, and she sighs in pleasure. A breeze makes her nipples harden, and I suck one, then the other, giving her a little tooth. Then I lick the mounds and bury my face between them, surrounded by her sweat and faint perfume. I growl, trying to urge the old friends to rev up and spread out, sending tingles of desire throughout my body. I am alive, tested, wounded, ravaged, but still kicking. I want to do this, but wanting isn't enough. Biting her, I nibble my way around her breasts, leaving marks as she squeals and squirms. Tomorrow she will spend time in front of the mirror, uh, admiring and showing them to me all day, smiling at me. A breeze blows again and she giggles as goosebumps rise up on her skin. When I kiss her, she groans and presses against my crotch, rolling her hips to some beat. She begins to hum and I know the song. My heart leaps as I remember the words. You are my life, I give myself to you. Take me, have me, hold me. Make me into what you want. Opening her pants, I pull them down. Darla loves this. It's naughty, which makes her embarrassed, which turns her on. Her quim is hot, moist, and her musky desire floats up between us. She rocks her hips, groaning when I slip my finger between them and skate over her clip. My own hips rock in time, and I can feel the heat rise like someone put a bellows on it. Suddenly, I turn her to face the tree and push her against it. Pulling her pants down, I smile as she shimmies her ass at me, and I playfully smack her smooth white skin. Um, should I should I keep <laughs> going or should I? You know, but, it, so it's always such a tough call. Of like, do you keep going? Like, what's the you know, where to start, where
4: to end. Well, Fong and I are listening, you know, pretty uh, <laughs> <laughs> closely or intently and uh, obviously speechless and blushing at 10 o'clock in the morning in yeah. San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I think we have time to, to, to keep going. I think listeners well, would like to for you to keep going if you want. Should
3: I keep going with that one or should I read, you know what, um, can I read a little bit of another one? Yeah. Okay, this one I really love because... I've never been to Comic-Con, but um, first of all, I know plenty of people go to Comic-Con, and it just reminds me of being a fan of anyone you have a crush on. Um, So I'm going to read a little bit of Starstruck by Lazuli Jones. Oh, God, he's as gorgeous as he ever was. The banner hanging over the table was displaying a half-body shot of Tecton, the ebony-skinned superhero who made frequent visits to my young adult fantasies. In the shot, Tecton wore his muscle-hugging gold costume, the spandex riddled with rocky patterns. His hair was styled into small dreads. From the center of a thin gold mask, Tecton's sharp black eyes stared down. His gaze was stern, but gentle, sharp, but soothing. The shot was from 1993, I recognized it because I'd had the same picture cut out from a magazine and taped to my bedroom mirror. I'd stare at it until I got hot and weak in the knees and carefully took the picture down to bring to bed with me. How else was a nerdy black girl going to get her sexy kicks in the 90s? Texan was all muscle and deep, rumbling voice, but God, the whole premise of his character was that he was a gentle giant. By day, he was Tyrell Jackson, a construction worker with a secret identity. By night, he was part of the titular Elemental Heroes, a six-person superhero team. And in real life, he was Desmond Kyle, the well-built and deep-voiced hunk who hadn't acted much since the 90s. Being typecast was a stroke of bad luck. Beneath the banner, 20 years older but still radiating sex, Desmond Kyle sat in a muted scarlet dress shirt and smiled and shook hands and signed autographs. The dreads of his youth had been replaced with a shortcut streets with silver. I stood four people away, holding a glossy 8x10 of Desmond and trying to look chill, though my heart was pounding like Tyrell Jackson's jackhammer. I was surprised to see how short the line was. The only people ahead of me were chunky, nerdy boys. I was the only woman in line. I was the only black person in line. I was the only person above age 40 in line. Did I care? Oh, hell no. This was the first time in years Desmond Kyle was making a Comic-Con appearance, and I was going to meet him. I was going to talk to him, shake his hand, get him to remember me. The line moved, and the guy in front of me, a tall, skinny 20-something, handed the smiling Desmond a magazine and asked for a dedication. I watched Desmond's large hand and supple fingers glide his signature across the magazine cover. i dreamt about those hands. I used to imagine Tecton crushing my ass in those huge hands, lifting me up and pressing me against a wall. He'd be just back from a rescue mission, still in his costume and mask, sweaty, blood pumping. He'd kiss me, and it would taste like salt and earth. I'd I'd imagine those huge hands cupping my pussy, ripping my panties off, finger-fucking me deep inside while I screamed his name. I would come so hard that I'd rip the spandex from his shoulders you're a goddess, he'd tell me while I tore the rest of his costume off. Um, so I will, I will <laughs> leave you hanging, but I will say, uh, it's not. she does not just fantasize about him. All right. And, you know, I think just overall in this book, I mean, there's all sorts of types of characters, types of sexuality, you know, types of sex acts that happen. Um, and one of the nice things i think about erotica anthologies which is the first kind of erotica that i started reading is that you know in some ways it doesn't really matter what you might be into in in real life like i think that you can appreciate stories about people who are similar to you but also different from you and i think for me sometimes it surprises me the things that um that do turn me on when I'm reading, you know, that, that might be different from the things that ter- would turn me on in my personal life. Mm-hmm. I, I,
4: uh, I wanted to ask you, and we have time for a couple more questions. Um, y- 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 like you said, you read a lot of these um, erotic stories. It's a, it's your profession. You also write some. Do, do any of them become a part of your, you know, sexual experience or reality?
3: I think, you know, I I can't think of a specific time, but I would say there have been things that I've read about that I've wanted to try. Um, It's not usually immediate, like, oh, I read it, and then immediately, you know, the next day or something I try it. But I think it's more of a slower process of thinking about it um, and then either maybe telling a partner about it or eventually trying it. But I think for a lot of people, especially um, I've edited a couple of spanking anthologies. I think especially with a topic like that, people do use it as not necessarily a how to and I would not recommend using fiction as you know an exact prototype of what to do, but I think they do use it both to get ideas for what to try, you know whether it's sex toys or positions or you know just. Handing someone the story and saying like, "What do you think of this?" Um, but also just to get in the mood, like to get thinking in that direction. Especially if it's hard to bring it up for the person. Like if if you're not sure what the other person's gonna say, you can say, "Oh, check out what happens in this story. What did you think of that?" Like it can be a conversation starter.
4: Mm-hmm hmm um, You mentioned earlier that you're already starting to work on volume two and uh, taking submissions. I wanted to make sure that you also gave your contact information, if that's okay.
3: Yes. Um, you can go to bweoftheyear.com. And at the top of that, there's will be a call for submissions link. And that has all the information. And I'm looking for stories by women from around the world. I would really love stories In the U.S., outside the U.S., really open to anything. Um, Like I said, one of the things I love most is when a story just surprises me, Um, whether that's because it's about some like a fetish or a sex act I've never thought about before or just the writing goes in a different direction than I thought it would.
4: Rachel, I want to thank you so much for spending some time with us here and uh, for reading a little bit of the Best Women's Erotica of the Year that you helped put together and you edited. Um, I mean, thank you so much for making sex thank easier you. to talk about. Thank you. Pick up a copy of Rachel's book, Best Women's Erotica of the Year. I'm sure it's available where you can get books online <laughs> on your Kindle or however you like to read. Don't go away. The Michelle Miall Show continues right after this. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Michelle Meow, your host. Our next guest, or I should say our next interview, is with book editor and author Shane Allison. He's got a new book out, which is a collection of erotic stories from the gym. Let's take a listen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Michelle Miao, your host, our producer. Fong is in studio. What's going on, Fong? Hey, how are you? Uh, I'm good, I'm good. I I, uh, I wanted to tell you a story, you know, when... Um, Well, actually, you know, for you, when you first came out, uh, I'm sure of it that you didn't know everything gay. Nah, No, I wish
3: I knew everything gay.
4: See, my mind is interesting. It's like a sponge. It wants to absorb everything. So when I came out as a lesbian, I wasn't necessarily interested in just lesbian culture, but I also wanted to embrace all the identities uh, of our, you know, LGBTQI uh, rainbow umbrella. So... Um, even for my gay brothers and uh, friends and everything like that i I wanted to embrace their culture, and so I spent I think like two months straight tuning into gay porn to make oh. sure I completely <laughs> understood <laughs> gay men, which was an advice by the way, from a gay friend of mine um, and uh i I'm really glad that I took the time at the at the moment. When I did that, mm-hmm. I think I was only like 20 years old or something. Um, you know, I was just like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. This makes me feel weird or whatever. But now looking back, I think that gave me the perspective that I needed, you know, to be who I am today. So I'm very grateful for that moment. Well, <laughs> what <laughs> did you learn, actually?
3: Or what did you get away from? Um,
4: you you know, know what it was? was yeah, I uh, I was exposed to the images of gay men. And seeing more gay men helped me understand that you know uh, the gay community is just as diverse as the lesbian community and and the way that they identify um, and sex being a huge component and mm-hmm. you know sexual liberation Uh, coupled with gay liberation that goes, you know, almost hand in hand and culturally speaking, we shouldn't reject that part of our community just because some people might feel uncomfortable or don't understand it or it wasn't a part of their culture. Uh, So that is why I did it. And I'm able to articulate it (laughs) at 33 years old, I'm glad I can articulate it better. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let's get this show started and I told that story for a specific reason, I wonder um, if our next guest has any thoughts about <laughs> what I did, today's program is brought to you by Pacific Fertility Center. When life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. Our next guest is the author of Jim Boy's <laughs> Gay Erotic Stories. And I chuckle a little bit because I can't wait to t- for him to tell his stories. And so we have author Shane Allison on the program. Shane, welcome to the program.
2: Hello, hi. Thank you for having me. Thank uh,
4: you. I'm so excited to have you on, not because I enjoy erotic stories, but I do. I do enjoy gay erotic stories. I'm sure you heard it before that lesbians are uh, completely fascinated, uh, especially with gay porn. And we do watch a lot of gay porn when we are into, um, you know, what we, we're doing. Like, I, I don't know Absolutely. if you remember that scene in The the, the Kids Are Alright uh, with Annette Benning and Julian Moore. In which they watch gay porn to, to get it on. Um, <laughs> their kid finds a bunch of yeah. That's that's likely. But what are your thoughts?
2: Um, well, you know what? It, it, it's not surprising at all. I I actually, as an editor and as a uh, anthologist, I, I get a lot of uh, stories uh, from from uh, female writers, and and also I get emails and I get you know fan mail on female writers telling me how much they enjoy the anthologies and how much they enjoy the writing. And, and I think that, you know, that's always great to hear. I love that. I love hearing that. So that's always great news and I get some fantastic stories from uh from female writers. So I, I love it. I-, mm-hmm. I-, I truly
4: love it. So, so you Absolutely. know, one of my good friends and actually mentor, uh, when I first came out, I I, I met my mentor at our-, our, jo- our workplace, our job, and he was a fellow gay man. And he was not shy about, you know, being honest with me in terms of his hookups. So the first time I had actually heard of the gym space being a hookup spot was from a good uh-huh. friend of mine who, you know, told me that the steam room, you know, you never want to walk Walk in there if it's a gay gym.
2: Right. <laughs> <Well, laughs> exactly. Absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know if, if uh, a lot of it still goes on today, but you know, that's where I, I got my the idea for "Gym Boys." From is, is going to the gym myself and and just saying all these, you know, very you know attractive men working out and and you know, getting their sweat on, so to speak, and, you know, so I, I, that was a, a uh, an idea for me, I came up with that idea, because I didn't want to do anything that I had already done before, already seen before, so, you know, being in the gym and, 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 and being around, you know, guys that like to work out, you know, that's what gave me the idea, but I, you know, I love the idea and the fantasy of, of, Men getting it on, having having sex in, in steam rooms and showers and things of that nature. So, you know, it's it's it was a, a fun idea, and I put it out there, and a lot of my uh, my contributors, you know, ran with it and loved the idea. So, mm-hmm. you know, I loved it absolutely, and so you know, here what well, was born, gym boys. So.
4: So I you know I, I, I have a question for you I mean I, the book is great in that uh, there's a diversity of, of erotic stories um, uh-huh. uh, that centers in the gym and so I'm going to ask a lot of ignorant questions <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's no such thing there is no such thing no such thing feel free ask away.
4: let's start with uh, you know chapter one titled one more um, uh-huh. I, I, I think it's totally. Appropriate for you, by the way, if you wanted to read uh, a a certain quote or or something or paragraph from from the book. I don't know if you have it in front of you. Um, Uh Yeah, but that was the thing is that, you know, certain authors who write erotic stories have this tone, this, you know, this thing when they read their stories. It's like so seductive. I I wonder if you could do the same thing for us here on the program.
2: Uh, you, you mean as far as uh, like reading something for you, or yeah, like yeah, read read something.
4: Let's start with chapter one, and you read <laughs> a part of the book for our listeners here, probably intrigued by now. And like, Michelle, shut up and let him get to the, the good part.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, absolutely. Let me see here. That's that actually one of my stories, one of my favorite stories here. That's why I I, I put it in first. That's from uh, Jay Starr. He's one of my regular contributors. Uh, to the anthology that I do. So absolutely, let me me find a juicy passage here that I can read. Okay. Okay, here's something here. This is uh, on page two Um, in the middle here. I'm gonna start with uh, Tommy here where he's uh, describing uh, 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 sexual experience here. Here, here he goes. Uh, his cock had risen up hard and twitching the moment Raphael had slapped his ass and was still tempting his baggy green workout shorts. He was pretty sure the trainer had noticed it, although he had politely made no mention of it. The short head stood on the crate to reach the bar while the taller Brazilian put the wrist straps on and then attached them to the bar with the bell coat strips. Tommy was ordered to attempt his first set of ten. Good job, Tommy. You've already got a great back and awesome shoulders, but this exercise in particular will help put on some more mass. That's it. Now one more, he said with a laugh and a second light slap on his ass. Tommy had imagined himself totally spent. But that slap galvanized him to struggle through one more pull up. Exhausted after that, he dangled from the wrist straps and tried to catch his breath. While resting, Tommy gazed into the large wall mirror in front of him. His short red hair was already plastered to his forehead with sweat, and his taut body glistened with a sheen of it. Hours in the sun had bestowed upon him a freckled tan that contrasted with the pale yellow tank top he wore. His underarms were smooth and pale, though, not receiving as much exposure as the rest of his body. He was proud of his compact build, but wanted to add some bulk to it, which was why he had hired a personal trainer. Occupied with contemplating his image, he, didn't, he hadn't noticed Raphael rummaging through his trainer's bag until he came up behind him again. He was rubbing his hands together, apparently working in some hand cream he had taken from his bag. That seemed a little odd, but he didn't question it. if Raphael offered him a stunning smile in the mirror and nodded. Second set. This one will be harder than the last. I can guarantee you that. Oh my! <laughs> oh my! <laughs> <laughs> so that's you know that you know that that's this is what I love about about this job and about doing this is, is the. Contributors, they make these books. They make these anthologies. You know, I, I can sit and, and uh, edit and read uh, stories from many writers all day. But you know, they they make the book for me, and I, and I I really appreciate that, and I always thank them for that for sending me wonderful work. So you know, it's, it's stories like this that that really make uh the books, and I think about my readers when i'm when I'm you know making decisions on the stories, thinking about what they would, what they would like, and not just uh gay men but just readers in general and and connoisseurs of uh erotica, gay erotical so that's something that's that's very important to me when when choosing stories,
4: yeah yeah. yeah,
2: absolutely.
4: So you know, I I uh, I wonder in in terms of the images of even I mean wow. Gosh, I I don't even – I know that my gay brother loves to go to the gym, and I want to ask him if this is one of the reasons why. Because, you know, uh, eroticism and, of course, there's got to be tons of attraction and sexual energy that just oozes out of the dumbbells and things like this. So, you know, something like uh, having a hard-on or being uh, erected, I mean, I I would think that that is not – that is that is not something that is is limited. I would I would think that that's prevalent. Uh, is it?
2: Uh yeah, I, I would I would say so. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's something. I think with with gay men in particular. Uh, you know, with speaking for myself, I everywhere that I go and 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 people that I see and men that I see. Uh. It I eroticize them. I, I could be in the mall, or I can be at a gas station, and I may see someone, some you know, hard-taught construction worker, or or even someone who's you know a bus driver, anyone, and it gets uh, they they get eroticized. So everywhere that I go, and you know, it, it not just you know places like gyms and and uh, on athletic fields, but for me personally. Uh, uh, everywhere is you know you can you can eroticize uh uh people men in general so absolutely it it all depends on you know uh what they're wearing or'cause we have, we all have our fantasies of mm-hmm. of uh of people and and uh, occupations specifically like construction workers gym boys frat boys college boys you know uh, uh issues that i have uh that I have talked about and and um, have put into anthologies, but uh yeah, absolutely uh, everywhere you know that I go i you know I think of ideas and 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 think of uh, you know ways that I can come up with a story or a new book so yeah, it definitely exists outside of gyms and and fraternities and things of that nature, so yes. Yeah.
4: Um, uh, you know what? I think I'm going to ask you after the break because my producer's telling me we've got less than a minute left. I have a really important question, so please okay. don't go away. Okay, stay. Sure. <laughs> stay with us. We'll continue gay eroticism or or Jim, uh, erotic Jim stories with Shane Allison, who's an author. Um, right after the break. Look at me. I'm stumbling. I'm I'm turning red. Don't go away. Come right back.
0: And now back to the Michelle Meow show.
4: Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us here. I'm uh, I'm still <laughs> stumbling over my words on Michelle Meow. We're hanging out uh with Shane Allison. I should say he's on the phone with us. He's our guest and he's the author of Gym Boys, which is a yeah. collection of uh erotic uh, stories, uh, you know, the gym. And so, Shane, you know, I had a really important question for you, and this has to uh, do with Chapter 2 in which um – um in which the story has a lot to do with smell and the scent of, scent of, of, of sex. But I always wanted to know, you know, with gay men, and I know sitting in a room full of boys, I, I always noticed that there's a scent that's different. I'm not saying it's bad. You know, as a female, of, of course, I, I noticed the difference. Um, but I, I, I wanted to ask you specifically about that scent, that musk. I mean, uh, is that, a, is that a, like a natural like, pheromone for, for gay men?
2: Uh, you know what? I would I would imagine so. I would imagine uh, with with men, it's you know everyone has their 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 smell and, and, and a uh, uh, different sense that, that turn them on. Um, I know that for me, my my thing is you know I I like smells like like cigars and and and, and uh, a, a, I like a mix of cigar and cologne kind of mixed in together. Um, that's the thing that, that really does it for me, that, that, that really turns me on. Um, but yeah, I would imagine for a lot of men, there are different scents, like colognes, cigars, sweat. Um, I know a lot of men, friends of mine, that they just like the natural smell of a man. They don't like colognes or, or, or uh, uh, C- cigarettes or cigars, they just like a natural smell of a man. I have a lot of friends that are into sweat and and, um, and, 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 and body odor type of aroma, so yeah, absolutely. I think it's different for everyone, but that's my, my that's what I love is, is the smell of, of sweat and cigars, so you know, hopefully not being too personal there, but that's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: um. Oh yeah no, i mean uh hey, hey uh or or uh, i just wonder, i mean I i don't, never mind, it's fine, let's move on, <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed you know it's a different smell when a, a bunch of women are working out versus a bunch of men and and most gay men have also told me that that musk is oh uh, it's it's amazing to them, so they oh, uh, yeah, um yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I mentioned the Steam Room, and there is a chapter here, I, uh, I think, that is uh, dedicated to that, the, the artistry of Steam.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, this is see here. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes, the, uh, Brent Archer's story, uh, who is a wonderful writer, by, by the way. He, uh, he's one of my uh, new contributors, um, but he, his stories are wonderful, always wonderful to read.
4: So tell us about the, the Steam Room and his, this particular story.
2: Um, well, with this one with, with Brent Archer's piece, uh, he this is, is one of the uh, another one of the first stories that I accepted uh, with the artist the Archer strain. theme is um, it's pretty uh, it's not just, and this is what I love, it's not just erotic erotica. But there's also some literary qualities in there as well, and that's what I like to do as an editor. Is I like to mix the the you know erotica and, mm-hmm. and literary qualities and with it into the uh, books as well. And that's one of the things that I love about about Brent, is that he has the the gift to do that. So uh, I would love to read. Uh, like a passage, if I could.
4: Yes, let's read from some more. Story. Yes, I'm
2: ready. <laughs> okay, let me find <laughs> something here. Find something juicy for the listeners here.
4: All right, Shane.
2: All right, here we go. Okay. Ah, here's one. Okay, here you go. Uh, this is on page 85 from Brent Archer's The Artistry of Steam. The man smiled and spread his legs wide as he lay back and put his hands to the bar. Brian willed his cock not to tint his gym shorts. Holy fuck, what a handsome hunk. Dark hair, mid-thirties, with a nice smile, firm chin, muscle picks barely contained in his t-shirt, and thick, muscular legs with dark hair running from his waist to his ankles. From the look of the bulge in his shorts, this guy packed a large set of equipment. Brian returned his free weights to the wall-mounted shelves and walked over to the handsome man. Hi, I'm Brian. Need a spot? Sure, that'd be great. I'm Todd. Todd took the bar off the rack and began his routine. Brian kept his fingers under the bar to be sure it didn't fall. After 19 reps, Todd's strength faltered, and Brian grabbed the barbell, keeping it from falling on the exercising man's chest. Together, they settled it back in its resting place, and Todd sat up. Sorry, I got distracted by what's up your shorts. Brian smirked. If you want a closer look, how about we finish up our workout and head to the showers? Sounds good to me. They hurried through the remainder of their routines and then walked to the locker room together. Todd stopped two rows from Brian's locker. This is me. I'll get out of these clothes and meet you under the water. Brian nodded. See you shortly. He hurried to his locker and stripped down. Grabbing his towel, he strutted to the shower stalls. There's a frisky crowd today. I don't usually see so many randy men here. He hung his towel on the hook and entered a stall, leaving the curtain open. Turning on the spray, he stood under the cascading water and looked across to an empty stall. A few moments later, Todd appeared with a towel wrapped around his waist. He's even hotter out of his clothes. He's the sexiest guy here by far. Todd pulled the cloth away and put it on the hook. He nodded to Brian, stepped into the opposite stall, and turned on the water. Whoa. Todd's defined abs were shaved clean and pointed down to a neatly trimmed patch of hair surrounding a thick cock. As Brian watched, it hardened, and his jaws rocked at the sheer size. So that they passage from Brent Archer's story, The Artistry of Steam. There.
4: There's steam that's coming out of my ears and my eyes right now. <laughs>
2: So, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, you know, this is what I love is is a mixture of that. You know, what I love is I like that the writers, they don't get too bogged down in the literary, but they also keep that uh, the erotic quality of the story, of the story that they're telling. so And they always keep their readers in mind, and that's what I always look for. And just basically hotness is what I'm saying. I love... Hot sex, hot man-on-man sex. So that's what I'm always looking for. And if they have the ability to do that, it's a story for me. (laughs)
4: I am glad it's a joy for you and and, and, and I'm sure it's it's joyful to other people as well Uh, I feel like I should pick up this book and as a lesbian read it you know to a crowd of straight women and see it Um, Shane you know I I mentioned earlier in my introduction in terms of embracing this part of our culture and not rejecting it and uh, that Uh. you know we're admitting to the fact that it is something that is a part of our cult- cultural, the sexual part. You know, gay men used to cruise, be able to cruise, or or sadly, they used to cruise in parks, you know, when we didn't have a gathering space, and then right. um, bars, and then even bathhouses, which, you know, are dwindling down. I don't even know which bathhouses are still open. Do you see the right. gym as kind of the new modern, you know, cruising uh, spot?
2: Yeah, I think so. You know, that's one of the things that I, you know, I, it's funny because I was uh, having a conversation with a friend of mine about uh, we were reliving uh, the '80s and '90s, and I know that you know that was a big thing then. It's, you know, and and for me, it was it was in the '90s a lot of a lot of cruising was going on, and it's still you know some of it is, is still going on. And, um, you know, I think what has happened now is, uh, you have, you know, the internet happened basically, uh, cell phones and, and, you know, websites. And now you have gay apps that people can download on their phones and you have different websites like Xtube where a lot of sex and porn and erotica is, is, you know, is, is as quick and as easy as just tapping an app or, or pushing a button uh, nowadays. And I think uh, the Internet basically is, is, is what happened is, is to all of that and what uh, stopped all of that. I think it's uh, more convenient for, for men nowadays to do that. Um, I do, you know, miss that sometimes because, you know, it, it brought ideas. You know, and uh, I think that's what has happened is is, is having the internet and and uh, gay apps where it's more convenient for men mm-hmm. to just tap a button to tap an app and and they have what I call a uh I call them, uh like the the a, a a yearbook, if you will, like a, a, a gay yearbook. You have like these yearbook of faces on these apps and they can just press on a face and they can read the profile about a man. But at the same time, I think uh, things like that, they take away from the old fashioned uh, times of going out and meeting people face to face, going to a bar, having a drink, talking, socializing, getting to know someone. Um, it's so, you know, that sort of thing, it's so one-sided, you mm-hmm. know. So I, my thing is, a uh, frustration of mine is trying to figure out, you know, how how men are, are getting together and meeting and getting to really know each other and it not just being about sex, hooking up, but really, you know, getting together and, and talking and, right. and getting to know one another and each other's backgrounds, you know. I mean, I'm not knocking, uh, you know, gay apps and, 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 and the websites. It's great. It's, it's more convenient. I understand that. But at the same time, I wonder, uh, you know, what's going on as far as men being able to, to meet and, and have relationships no matter what kind of relationship. That right. may come out
4: of it and, so, and to, yeah. to follow up on that you know I, I know that we're talking about the gym here in which one can argue or and or say that there's this general idea or sense that you know gym uh, people who go to the gym look one way i I just would like to point out there that I what I hope for in sharing these stories and embracing gay culture is that you know we do we do become much more um embracing of body images period and and you right. know, body shapes come in all sizes, right?
2: Absolutely, absolutely, and that's something that I that I always like to embrace, and that's what I always like to see in stories, when I'm reading stories from the writers, is, you know, I, I although I love uh, stories where you have, you know, the athletic body, but in reality, that's, you know, that's not always the case. And, you know, those those are not the only types of men that exist, you know. And I always try to pick stories that delve into more of a, you know, real reality type of feel. Um, like you said, there are men from all backgrounds, all shapes and sizes, and I, I love getting stories like that. I, me, myself, I write a lot of stories where... Uh, I like to write stories about uh, heavier set men, uh, black men, Latino men, Asian men, because we're all we're all beautiful. You mm-hmm. know, we're all beautiful out here. No matter you know how we look or what our size is, there's a beauty in all of us, and I always like to embrace that and always like to include stories like that in my anthologies in the books. So yes, absolutely. Well, Shane. I agree.
4: Thank you so much for joining us here today and for sharing your book. I really enjoyed the time that we shared. Thank
2: you. Thank you for having me. I've had fun. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank
4: you. If you would like to pick up a copy of Shane's book that he edited, which is a compilation of uh, erotic stories at the gym, you can pick it up. This, the title is Gym Boys, Gay Erotic Stories and is available on Amazon. Thanks so much for joining us today. We will be back tomorrow at the same time, 4 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. For everything else, you can head to MichelleMeow.com, in which you can watch the television shows that we also produce. Thanks again. We'll talk to you tomorrow.